Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. Tomorrow is June 1st. Just let me put it in perspective for you. It's the middle of the year. Mm -hmm. Did you like that? It's right in the middle. And June is, um, it's, it's a huge transitional month in my life personally. And it is for Shudi and Sidwo as well. Remember when they first came, one of the things I would say to them over and over and over again was just let June be June. Um, they both, when they came, um, they had lots and lots of plans and, I remember this tension for them um, was trying to figure everything out, you know, which doesn't in and of itself sound bad, right? right. But I want to introduce you to a different lifestyle tonight. You know, I live in this lifestyle of the supernatural, and I've done it a different way, honestly. I've lived, I've lived, I lived all my life with the knowledge of how, how much I loved Jesus, how much He loved me, but I didn't live in the supernatural till probably about 25 or so years ago when I made a decision that I was going to let go of understanding. And all, revel all revelation came to me after that. And um, it was a death. And I remember where I was at. And um, have you ever just felt like um, that you were losing something that was really like a best friend and you didn't really have anything else? Some of y'all haven't been there yet, but you didn't really have anything else you were going towards, but you knew that you were, you hung in the balance between these two points. And um, I have to say just as a testimony of my own life that the day that I made that choice that I never again struggled with um, fear and I didn't ever struggle again with um, this feeling that I didn't know for sure how things were going to work out and it was it was the launching of this gift that I have called this knower gift to where I would just say things that that I just knew that I just knew I needed to say it. I always say that um, when you're a knower, how many know that you're a knower that have that gift? Just stand for a minute. So I just, I want to release to you just the power that God says to you that, um, that things can't happen on the earth until you speak them. And so I release the power. Stand up, Cece. So I release the power for you to speak what you know by the Spirit of God. And I speak to the other voices in your life to today would be, today is going to be the day that you step into the knowledge that it can't happen on earth without you saying it. So I release the power and the confidence to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Whenever God releases something um, in the supernatural, then... He is looking for a partnership on earth to, to first off identify it 
And secondly, to position my mouth and my mind and my actions in this in the direction of believing it. And honestly, you know, I don't know how good all of you are at this, but um, for the month of June, um, the Holy Spirit wanted me to, I actually made, did I tell you I made a slide? I said, well, I don't think I told you. should be up there. Um, just number two. Yeah. Um, this is what we're going to focus on in June. It's the discerning of the secrets of the supernatural. Now, I've been talking a lot about the discernment of spirits. And um, one of my very favorite verses about discovering the heart of God is this one in Proverbs. And it says, God conceals the revelation of his word in the hiding place of his glory. Now, this isn't just a bunch of words. What is his glory? It's his goodness. It's, it's a tangible experience, too. It's, you know, just like every other definition of God, we can't limit it to the human understanding. So God's glory, it can be felt, it can be experienced, but it's all about how unbelievably He is good over whatever situation, whatever thing you've got going on. He's just, He is working together things for good. And so He hides revelation in His Word and and because, not because he's a mean God, but because of the process of discovery for us as humans is the main thing. Okay, so like, so I've, I know, I know a lot about supernatural things, but I didn't know a lot about supernatural things till I decided I want to learn a lot about supernatural things. It was the, I knew stuff was going on, and I just woke up one day and decided I wasn't going to be that ostrich that just had my head in the sand, that I really wanted to have a knowledge from the heart of the Father what exactly is going on on the earth. That's just what I wanted to learn. And I, the game changer for me was I gave up trying to miss hell, and I embraced that I actually have an assignment that he's not going to give to anybody else. And let me help you. Your assignment isn't to be married and have kids. You can have those and not even embrace that you have an assignment. So that, that has to tell us something, right? However, if you choose to be married, the goal of marriage is to unify into one person to where that oneness of mind accomplishes easier your assignment. If you choose to be single, honestly, it's easier because you don't have to die. I mean, it's just the reality of it. I've done both. It's just the reality of it. But the point of it is, is that these are all electives. You, you can choose to be single. You can choose to be married. They're an elective. They're not contingent upon your assignment. You do your assignment, whether you're married, whether you're not, you do your assignment, whether you have kids or whether you don't. Now, I know you don't all believe that, and you're already, I've already lost you, but that's okay. That's just, that's still truth. And when you don't align with truth, then you struggle in life because you're trying to make something be something it can't be. 
Okay, now I could do a whole dissertation on marriage and children rearing, but we're not doing that tonight, okay? We're just talking about what we're going to do in June. And he says, but the honor of a king is revealed by how thoroughly they search out the deeper meaning of all that God says. So this has been placed in every human being, this desire to understand. You're not going to get rid of it. But when you give up human understanding for supernatural understanding, they're not the same. You know, Cece wasn't raised in church, and the way she describes it is that the supernatural is in her peripheral. Now, see, it's different for me. It's not like that. It's flat head on in my face. Like, I can't deny it. I can't run away from it. Well, that word I wrote today was really the launching point for June is that I think I need a shirt that says, Jesus is my only option. Yes. It's, my, it's my choice. And when I don't have a side note, like, well, if he doesn't come through with the rent, then I'm, I'm going to do something else. You know, I don't have that side note. I, he's my only option. And so I, I don't say that under duress. I don't say that like, well, dang. You know, he's my only option. I'm not looking at ways to disqualify that he's the only option. I'm not looking for a loophole to say, well, but he didn't come through like I thought there, or wow, that was way too painful, so he must not be trustworthy. That's not my life. That's not what we're really supposed to live. And so tonight I'm going to give you a few secrets. Um, And I have a lot of secrets. And God has a lot of secrets. And I, I ache every day to know his secrets. That's just honestly where I live. I just, if I can just find anything, I look for him in everything. I make everything that he does really, really huge. I, I mean, you know, I'm, I mentioned that whole thing a while back about the cowbird and, you know, only Cece would have figured out there was a cowbird in our backyard. And then, of course, the cowbirds keep coming. And, you know, every time they keep coming, you know, a few of y'all searched out the scripture. But um, to, to realize that that's in the word and there was a message to me finding that scripture. It was just, it was life-changing for me. All from a human just looking out and seeing a bird. And so I want to make... I'm helping you by teaching you. You've got to make the things of God bigger. And the reason for that, you know, Cece had this dream last night about an, an eclipse or another night. Was it last night or another night? Or well, it didn't matter. Anyway, she, it was, there was an eclipse. You know what an eclipse is, right? What is an eclipse? There's something here and there's something passing by. And I, and I feel like that that's his glory. That it's passing by and you're going to have to be paying attention because it's, it's not permanent in, that, in the same way. And that's what I feel like June is. June is a moment where something's passing by and it's probably different for every single person. Why? Because we're all at different levels of maturity. Can't you see the heart of God? Just like if you have kids or you know about kids or you were a kid. I think you're all, I think somebody falls in that category, right? 
Do you remember when you wished that you knew more than you did? Do you remember that day when you thought you knew a lot and then you learned? Remember that ne- that next day when you woke up and you realized I was so not knowing nothing right then, right? That just keeps happening. And, you know, I was laughing today about the things that I cared about when I was 20 are nothing that I care about that I'm 60, Right? And I just think about, wow, all that money I spent on that stuff that now is irrelevant, right? And as as we keep growing in maturity, then God keeps revealing more that goes along with where we are currently, personally. Um, and so I wanted to give us a few pointers. I made you a few slides just so we could discuss Let me first let me first mention. Um, in I, w- I wasn't for sure if I was going to talk about this, but let's talk about it. in Matthew twelve. It's a demonstration of how Jesus operated with the supernatural. So I I like it when Jesus gives us a demo, don't you? So let's read about it, can we? In Matthew twelve twenty two. It says, a man was brought, this is great for deliverance too, so it could be a twofold for all you deliverance-hungry people. Tess is working on this really cool logo that that we're going to have. Then a man, I need a logo for everything. I don't know if you know that. I really need a shirt for everything and just waiting on that. A man was brought before Jesus who, are y'all happy? Okay. A man was brought before Jesus who had a demon spirit that made him both blind and mute. So that's proof, isn't it, that all sickness comes from the enemy. Right? Let's assign what's appropriate to appropriate things. The reason why we can't get freedom is because we're trying to do the wrong thing with the wrong thing. Right? Right? Jesus was 100% successful. Breeze. Jesus was 100% successful. He identified, he asked the right questions, he said the right words, he cast out, he healed, he whatever, right? He had people chasing after the hem of his garment. These things were going on because why? Jesus was 100% successful. If we become successful, the word would get out. Are you prepared for the notoriety of being 100% successful. See, without knowing the secrets of the supernatural, I propose that we're not. Because God withholds only good things because He's only good. So he He withholds good things for our benefit. So if I'm in a struggle, that's for my benefit. You're in the egg and you're wanting someone to come and break you out. You're in the cocoon. You're wanting someone to tear it open, but you'll, be de- you'll have a deformed wing. All those that are in a struggle, they just couldn't give me nothing on that. <laughs> Not one thing. Jesus healed him in an hour. What did it say? Instantly, and he could see and talk again. That's the demonstration. That's a manifestation of healing. 
as the places that the enemy had him bound, he was released. Are you with me? This is the indicator of deliverance, isn't it? There's deliverance and healing right there in front of you. The crowds went wild with amazement as they witnessed this miracle, and they kept saying to one another, could this man be the Messiah? Because clearly a bunch of other people had come along and healed blind and deaf people, right? Just like human nature, we're like, I don't know if I should be skeptical of this or not, right? But when the Pharisees overheard what the people were saying, they said, he casts out demons by the power of Satan and the prince of demons. Verse 25, Jesus supernaturally perceived their thoughts and motives. So there, what is Jesus doing? He's demonstrating what? He's demonstrating hearing something from a supernatural perspective. I, I propose that he heard them say that, but he was perceiving a different thought. So that tells me what? The religious leaders said words that didn't go along with their thoughts. Okay. Well, just hang in there if you're if not liking this. Any, <laughs> any kingdom that fights against itself is reduced to ruins. In the Amplified, it says, any kingdom that is divided against itself being laid waste and no city or house divided against itself will stand. So that tells us the importance of what? Unity, not being divided. Why are we divided? If you know, especially if you're married, especially if you're in a covenant, some kind of covenant relationship that's godly, and you feel divided, just ask the question. You know, we're so funny. I bet if you turn to your spouse and said, man, I feel completely divided, like I feel so ununified from you, I don't really think there's any spouse in this room that would be like, forget you, do the curb. They would be, what would they say? I'm feeling it too. It's the knowledge of it that should make it makes us desire to pursue something different. When we're all just hiding it under a bushel, right? And acting like everything's good. Everything's not good. You know when it's good and it's not good. If you're divided, it's not good. He said, so, verse 26, if Satan casts out Satan, he's making war on himself. How then could his kingdom stand? See, I feel like Jesus is telling us a bigger story right here. He's, he's really saying something about his kingdom by using the example they proposed. He's saying, well, if Satan was possessing someone then why would he work against himself? So couldn't we say that's how God is? If God was making people sick, wouldn't he be working against Jesus being a healer? Right? So remember, he's supernaturally, that's why you have to supernaturally perceive who you're working with because we often only ask the question, like if I'm mercy-driven, right? 
Verse 29, who would dare enter the house of a mighty man and steal his property? First, he must be overpowered and tied up by the one who is stronger than he. Then his entire house can be plundered. So again, what's he saying? You know what he's saying, right? He's saying, I'm the stronger one. I'm proving it to you right here by what I just did. 
that you only you assigned it. Isn't that funny? Because that's what the children of Israel did. They assigned power to a God that they knew. So when remember when Moses was up getting the Ten Commandments, what did they do? They made a God like the one they left. If we don't educate ourselves, we will make a God that we're comfortable with that looks like what I was comfortable with in my past season. We will, and we will call it good. Shockingly, we will call it God. And so he's saying basically that the end of Satan just came, and you can't recognize it. And I came and I've bound him up because I'm the stronger one. Now, to discover the supernatural, you're going to have to believe that because you're going to encounter things in the demonic that like to make a show. Why do they like to make a show? Why are they loud? Have you ever seen... A demonically oppressed or possessed person. I think nowadays on the internet they call them Karen. (laughs) I saw one the other day at Walmart. Have you ever been at the store and saw one? How many like run toward it to cast it out? And how many are like, get the heck out? Cover the kids' ears. I, I grew up, I remember growing up, and back in my day, they were wanting to do this thing called impeach Nixon. You have to be pretty old to know. And the people would have a little placard in their car, and they would have it. And my parents literally would cover my eyes wow. to not see the impeach Nixon sign. Now, my little imagination thought impeach meant something else for a long, long time. Because they went to great lengths. Because what did they see about me? See, that's, we've lost that. We've lost that ability to understand that we have to protect. Yes. And so you live in a, in a generation that's unprotected. That's, right. that's the reality of where you live. Yep. So I think I would want to educate yes. Yes. myself because Jesus is saying, I give you the power to bind yes. what would make you deaf and dumb. And your children deaf and dumb. Do you understand? It just takes one. If you're married or if you're at a job and you're the only, that's all it takes. Jesus was one thing, one man, one person. It doesn't take a bunch of, come on, let's all rally. It just takes one. And it depends on what you believe. If you want to believe what he says that you can do, then you will have peace. If you want 
to believe that I don't know. I don't know if that guy freaking out is stronger than me. I don't know. You know, I love Bill Johnson. If he is at a store and someone's being a Karen, he just walks right up to him and just starts having a conversation with him. Are you there yet? One of all you powerful deliverance people. Are you there yet? Are you like, Jenny, bar the door. Let's get out. See, the truth is the de demonic is full on. You hiding and you running for the door, it's not going to be enough. You don't even have to be wanting to be in deliverance and you're in a war. Why wouldn't you want to educate yourself on how to war well? That's the part I don't understand. It's, it's available. It's in the Word. He's telling us. And I love Jesus after He says all that. He says, so join with me. He's making a distinction. You've already joined up with something. You know how to join. You're a joiner. You have done. Everybody in this room has joined up with something. I'm fixing to tell you about some of the spirits you've joined up with here in a second. But Jesus is saying, I'm of a different spirit. I thought I'd do this demonstration for you of what you can do and greater things than you can do. I'll do this demonstration for you to know this is what partnering with the demonic does. It makes you deaf and dumb. Blind. I knew I did somewhere. I don't know about the dumb part, but anyway. And blind, right? But here I'm going to do something different. So join with me. Now, I love in the Passion, he says, this is a war with no neutrality. Can't be neutral. Yes. How many want to be neutral? How many were raised to be neutral? What, does anybody know what that means? What is neutral? It's acting like there's not a war. You're in a war. You don't, you don't get to vote. When you do nothing, evil will win. Because evil knows it has to take your territory. It has to come to your house. It has to get your heart. has to get your kids. has to get your house. has to get your car. has to get your belief. It knows it. And we're set back and go, well, I don't know. I really don't like to fight. <laughs> Jesus was saying that, think about what it's like to be a joiner. Are you a joiner? Are you made to be a joiner? Yes. Do you understand that if you're not with him, I love it, he goes on down, he says, this is why, uh, let me finish. If you're not on my side, you're against me. So that, that, that takes away the neutral position. Right. That To me, that says there's only two things. If you're not with Jesus, you're literally against Jesus. I don't know where you thought you were. I don't know where the neutral ground was for you. You know, Cece was raised by an atheist, and he said, let's be neutral. So for now, you know, years later, no peace. Can't. Dang it. Dang it. Can't find that peace without God. It's elusive. Right? 
So if you're not on my side, you're against me. If you refuse to help me, if you refuse to help me gather the spoils, you're making things worse. That seems clear to me personally. Now, I love the merciful merciful Jesus because this is what he said. He said, all of that that just happened, everything I just said, he said this, this is why I'm warning you. Now, Jesus didn't say that a lot. So we need to go. Don't we? We need to make it a little more important. God will forgive people every sin and blasphemy except one. There's no forgiveness for the sin of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. If anyone speaks evil of me, the Son of Man, he can be forgiven. But if anyone speaks against the Holy Spirit, it will never be forgiven him now or or ever. Now, I've heard a billion messages on this. Every guy likes to try to figure out what that means. Let me make it really simple for you. Who draws you to Jesus? Jesus is telling us in this scripture how important the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is so important that since he's the one that draws us, when he draws us and I say no, when he moves on me, how many know that the Holy Spirit has told you something and The way you figured out it was the Holy Spirit was because you didn't do it and then something went kaput. That is against the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, don't keep doing that. I'm demonstrating you. you You can even hate me, Jesus, but the Holy Spirit is so precious to God. To Jesus, he's telling you how important it is to put the Holy Spirit's emphasis of your life so important that eventually you will sear it and sear it and sear it. And eventually you can't even be forgiven because you don't even know how to repent anymore. That's what he's saying. You know, I grew up thinking it was just going to be one thing. Oh, I drink this. Oh, that's blasphemy. How many heard messages that scared the living daylights out of you? Well, just throw it away and realize why would Jesus say, I'm leaving you the most precious gift, and it's so fragile if you do one little tiny thing that you don't even know what it is, you can't define it, that you're just poof, gone, that's it. It doesn't keep in line with anything else Jesus did. He's trying to talk about The part about where when he's coming to you and he's saying, repent, he's coming to you and saying, hey, I want you to go over here and I want you to say this and I want you to do that. And we're like, nope, 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 nope. Don't believe you. Not going to use your tools. Nope, nope. Because why? He was the thing Jesus was leaving. He was warning them that to move in the movement of the Holy Spirit is not going to be like anything else you've done. Not even be with me. Can you see it at all? And so that's why I'm talking about it. That's why I'm telling you, you have to begin to say to him, Holy Spirit, you're my best friend. You're the God head living here on earth in me, with me, pursuing me, paracleting me, doing everything, filling me with, with air so I can breathe. All the things are from you. So I can't reject him. I have to learn about him. 
I have to learn about him. It, it is the warning of Jesus. You have got to learn about the Holy Spirit. You've got to learn his ways. Because if you don't, the very thing that's brushing on your heart over and over and over, you'll eventually harden your heart against it. And then the thing that drew you to him is turned off in your life. And so, since this month, we're going to be completely focusing on developing this muscle. Let's just call it your Holy Spirit muscle. How about that? How many can just really honestly say you need some more Holy Spirit muscle activity in your life? Don't you hate to be tossed around just to hear that Oh, well, that was just the Holy Spirit. Don't you hate to have a dream, freaks you out, and then you realize, oh, he was actually telling you a secret that you could have just partnered with him and you could have made something different happen. You know, I think, um, let's go down to number three, said, well, this is what God's looking for. And this is our first thing. Why is unity required? Let me ask it a different way. Why is unity hard? Right now, ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, why is unity hard for me? What'd you get? Gwen, what'd you get? Independence. Anybody else? Got away. That's independence. What else? Huh? Pride. What's pride? <laughs> yep, you think what you know is right. See, it's really simple because God wouldn't say be unified if it was hard. Because Jesus said, My yoke is easy. The yoke of unity is in the easy part. So what makes things of God hard is that I have a belief system. And so then it's like that plank is coming out of my forehead, hitting you in the head when I'm trying to unify with you. Because I have you, the person I'm trying to unify with, in the wrong position. I could tell this story a billion ways. But just really, all you have to do is ask the Holy Spirit. He's so good. Remember what we just talked about him. He's the thing Jesus left to instruct you, convict you. Conviction is a good thing. With conviction comes the power to change it. With condemnation, you can't ever change that. That's why you know it's of the enemy. It makes you feel crappy. It's a spirit. We're fixing to get to that. Unity is required. Don't dare to do this alone. Independent island will lead to torment. Now, what am I talking about right now? I'm talking about our June focus, the discerning of secrets of the supernatural. If you're going to go on this journey in June, you've got to right now decide that you're going to unify with somebody. It doesn't have to be who you're married to, but you've got to pick somebody, pick a group, pick somebody to say, I'm going to practice this with somebody. Listen, I practice it every single day of my life. Just You've got to move out of Independent Island because you're going to be left on the shore while everybody else is out on the cruise ship having a good time, whooping it up. 
Number two, believe in divine access through my chosen, I'm a chosen son, I'm a chosen daughter position. What is that? Listen, being a son is how God made you. That's your identity or daughter. Are you, ladies, are you offended if I don't stick daughter in there? Let me look at everybody. You good? You're good. So it's it's a position of identity. That That's what he calls you. I could have put beloved in there. That's better for you. And so everything I do in God is from a position of being the beloved. I don't need to work for that. When I say it's an identity, I'm saying that the God that matters says it about you. You're not going to have a feeling with it at first. You're not going to be like, beloved. Some of you might, I don't know. But a lot of us didn't. A lot of us just said, this is who he said. And I began to call myself that. I sat and looked in the mirror for 30 days straight and said, you are the beloved. Every day it broke something down in me that wanted to be independent. The beloved is not in independent. I can't be because I'm so loved. I've got to be loved. I've got to be loved by him. I've got to have his assigned identity over me. And that known identity is how I operate with the supernatural. If you try to operate it with it out here on Independent Island, you won't have the same success. I promise you the enemy will take you out. He will come in. He will sabotage something all the while while you're trying to be good and be supernatural, but you don't know who you are. You can't operate with gifts of the Holy Spirit from some other mentality. So I wrote a few things that you also, under this position of sonship, daughtership, belovedness, you have to have the fear of the Lord and not man. How many can promise me right now today that people-pleasing is completely out of your life? Dang, how long have I been with you? Really? We might need to spend a week or two on that. Listen, the only way to get people pleasing out of you is have the awe and wonder of God. <laughs> so when you, when you have the proper position of who he is as Lord, then you realize you're on equal playing field with all the other children. Okay, well, let me make it simple. When you're in kindergarten, obviously you can't. Okay, you're in kindergarten, okay? Do you remember being in kindergarten? Anybody remember being in kindergarten? You know, when you went back and those swings you thought were so big were like this big? Remember? Did anybody do that? Yes. Okay, you're in kindergarten. Are you standing around in kindergarten going, who's God? Which one of these kids is God? Who has the most authority? What are you doing in kindergarten? I got to get to that swing. What are you doing? What are you doing? Get the monkey bars, whatever we played in my day. What did you play in your day? The slide. You're just, it's all about play. That's childlikeness. That's the supernatural. Oh, I feel like I'm just talking to. That's the supernatural. 
I know I'm the beloved. I know my identity. I know that he's God. I know I will never be. You will never be. You will never be God for me. I will never be God for you. We're doing this thing together. We're all on the same team. What are we doing together? We're trying to do our assignment to what? Bring the glory of God to the earth and display it. That's what we're doing. That's my assignment. So we're all on equal. We're all just children. And when Papa says, let's play. The supernatural is Papa's playground. Yeah. 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 Trina, so good. So because that's the way he views life, then I, would, I have complete provision for everything. Listen, I'm going to talk about it tonight, but see that anything about poverty or lack, that's a spirit. That's a demonic spirit. That is, remember, we already made, didn't we already make the distinction that there's only two things? Right? Listen, if you are oppressed financially, it's a spirit. And we actually partner with the spirit and we do things because what's the release of the abundance of God? Cheryl. Giving. That's the release of the abundance. Hoarding and, and being fearful, that's the promised position of the demonic. You will get nothing. And what you have will be taken from you. And what you have won't be enough. So we have to understand that's part of my identity. Orphans, victims, scaredy cats don't need to apply. You're not going to be able to do this focus in fear. I'm going to talk about orphans and victims here in just a minute. Number six. Well, okay, number three is practice my authority and discernment on smaller things. Practice on something you're watching on TV. Like, a, does anybody watch sports besides no one? Just, okay, two people. Um, it's a practice on how, what the score is going to be at the end of the game. Um, practice on, you know, like how many green lights you're going to hit on the way to church. Practice on something that doesn't matter. To begin to be able to hear what it feels like inside you when you're right with the Holy Spirit. It's not guessing. And trust me, everybody knows when they're guessing. Listen, we don't practice this stuff because we either think it's stupid and irrelevant or we just don't know. Or we think it should be some bigger, badder thing. You know, when I learned to hear the voice of God was through John Paul Jackson, and he would he would give all these little exercises like that. He would say, turn on really loud music and just sit and try to listen for the voice of God. And he would ha- it'd have to be something tangible, something that you could test, something that you could see. You know, you'd be like, yeah, over in Japan, you know, a woman's going to walk up and ring the doorbell. And you can't check that. <laughs> right? right? Can't check that unless you're going to Japan next week to that address. But practice on smaller things. As you begin to practice, you'll begin to say, okay, well, I'm partnering up with God. And this is, this is from a sincere place that you're wanting to grow in the supernatural. Um, number four, define some common ways the Holy Spirit speaks to you. So one of the things I helped Cece at the very beginning was just helped her learn how God speaks a language with her. So 
when she's feeling a certain thing, you know, I always say this first thing is, let's ask the Holy Spirit. Now, honestly, sometimes she doesn't want to ask the Holy Spirit, but I'm asking the Holy Spirit because I want to know, and I want her to want to know, you know, or she'll have a dream. You know, maybe today she had this really cool dream where that everybody was on a train and we were repairing the train. And in the daytime, there was a schedule to repair the train. But then the night crew came in and they didn't care about a schedule. They didn't really care about anything. They were just flippant. And I was like, see, that's right there. That's the two distinguishing people that we're, we're, we are. God says in his word that we are people of the day. We're not people of the night. And so, you know, all of that just begins to unfold into new mysteries of the supernatural. So here we are on this train. I'm trying to get everybody to work on your little car, right? We're all hooked up together. If you decide, okay, well, I'm not going to do this. This is stupid. Then, you know, your car doesn't participate in the train still going, right? right? It's a beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit. Her Holy Spirit's not going to wait on anybody. So define some common ways, you know, like if you're a dreamer, you know, it's really important. I put that on the next slide. If you're a dreamer, learn your dream dictionary. It's really easy to do. Um, know what your senses are that indicate his desired plan. So God loves to use our senses. What's your senses? How many have the smelling gift? Yeah. So Tessa has it. So She'll be like, oh, you're saying something that Shooty does too, you know. Man, I smell that. And I'm like, that just stinks. I, all I know is that just stinks. I mean, because like I, everything just smells bad to me pretty much. And so, you know, we all have these different senses. How many have it in hearing? Like you just hear things randomly. How many see things? See, all these things. How many um, feel things? How many feelers do we have? See, everybody thinks they're a feeler. Um, and... These are ways that the Holy Spirit speaks to you. You need to actually have a way to log what's working. Don't tell me you're a feeler and you don't have a notebook that has written down the things you felt and what God said to you and what it meant. Don't don't raise your hand that you're a feeler if you're not going to do that. Because you're going to be miserable. You're going to be so miserable because you're going to be blown around by every feeling that comes by you need to log it write it down figure out what the lord's saying and you need to develop it otherwise you're gonna be miserable you're gonna walk into the mall and you're gonna pick up on what everybody's feeling what everybody's singing at night you're gonna try to lay down asleep you're gonna be picking up on everything everybody's feeling in the whole house and it's gonna make you sick it's too it's too it's too emotional that's why you have to partner with the holy spirit and the holy spirit didn't give anyone a gift that he didn't empower them to use. But if you don't use it with the Holy Spirit, then guess what? The demonic will use it for your destruction. Now, he also points out enemy targets. This I love that about him. How many have that? Uh, you know that Pam has that where the Holy Spirit will point out an enemy target. And what do you do with that? Oh, cool. That's going to blow up next week. Remember years ago when I taught y'all that, you know, we could say, oh my gosh, God told me that tsunami was going to take out that whole country. Or we could pray when he shows it to us in a dream or in a vision, and we could the story could be that whole island was saved. Do you see the difference? He also tells us about assaults that are planned by the enemy, and he'll use past events 
It's really important to remember what you've been healed from. What you got in your past? You got some loser activity? And, and God redeemed you, right? Anybody been redeemed? Anybody got a testimony? Okay, well, he'll use, the Holy Spirit will say, remember when you felt hopeless, jealous, ostracized. Now, if you react to that now, like I still need healing for it, you'll be sitting at the back of the bus and everybody will be waving with their ice cream cone because you didn't get one. God doesn't need to bring it up to keep healing. You either know you're healed or not. If you're not healed, there's too much opportunity around here for healing. You need to get in on, get in on it, right? Knock on the door. I told Nate the Great today, I said, this squeaky rain is the one that gets the worm around here. Squeaky rain? That rain. Pelting rain. The drippy rain. Drippy rain. That was it. And so remember that if God's healed you, he'll use those past experiences to say, do you remember when you, do you remember when you were 18? That's how that girl's feeling right there. Do you remember? You didn't know who you were. We were chasing around each other in church parking lot. That's how that girl feels right there. She's not 18 anymore. We ain't chasing each other around the church parking lot. If we are, it's just to get each other's ice cream or something fun. (laughs) Obviously I need ice cream. And, but that girl feels the same way. Do you remember? So why? you can, So the empathy can rise up. The identifier can rise up. And you can be like, oh, I know how she feels. I know what she needs. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for putting me here with this person. I know what she needs because I knew what I needed back then. Now, Bailey, maybe when she was 18, didn't know she needed a truth teller. But now that she's uh-huh. Now that she's double threes, she knows she needs a truth teller. Her gifting needs a truth teller. So that's how that's the Holy Spirit, how he operates. Now, you know I don't like to spend a lot of time, time talking about the demonic, but I'm going to tonight, okay? I'm going to give you some insight, my world of knowledge. Number five, define opposing spirits of darkness that you experience regularly. <clears throat> now, It's really, really important to remember that there's a different motive of the demonic. It's over here. And then the motive of the Holy Spirit. Let's just define that up front. What is it? What's the motive of the Holy Spirit? What what is Papa's heart? What is God? Love. Let's work it back. God is love. So God does everything to protect love, right? So that defines the Holy Spirit's agenda, okay? So that's why, you know, I tell the girls at my house, so, you know, I have Scout, who's six pounds. Let's just think about it for a minute. Okay, now, if a possum comes in the yard, the possum dies. It's a rule of treases. Because why? Because I will do anything to protect the lowest. She's the tiniest one. Well, Coco and her. They're the tiniest one, right? Because I know that's what I'll do. I know if I see something, trying to get that. We might just cook him on the grill or something. I don't know. But, right? Are you with me? Now, see, if I let mercy come in, 
just even one second, just unsanctified mercy, just one second, then my dog's gone. Now, make scout your heart. No, can't do that. Okay, what comes in? What are your possums? <laughs> what are the things? Because they're from the demonic. Let's just, just for this exercise, for this month, let's just put them all in the demonic category, okay? So we've got to define them. So I've got a few that we can define. The first one I want to start with is the religious spirit. Now, um, the religious spirit denies or resists the power of the Holy Spirit. I came from the religious spirit, so I have a doctorate in the religious spirit. Okay? I lived in the religious spirit, and we didn't even know to call it that. So how, how does it manifest itself to deny the power? How many have had the religious spirit? How does it manifest to deny the power? It's all about what I personally have the power to do. See, the Holy Spirit's job is to infuse you with power. See, it's because of my love for God as the beloved. Because remember, all this comes from my known identity that I willingly give to Him What's due him? What's due him from me? My adoration, my worship, my, my life, right? And because I invest in that, the religious spirit sits over here and says, well, you didn't read enough today, so that's why you're sick. Oh, you didn't um, pray enough today, that's why that person is rebellious. It always attach a doing with bad news. Right? And so the religious spirit's the one that coined the, well, I bet God's using sickness to train some human beings. That was the religious spirit. Now, you don't have, I don't have this on the slide, but um, the religious spirit is a demon that wages war against the grace of God and keeps us from thinking that just accepting what Jesus did is enough. It's the fulfillment. The religious spirit can't accept that. It denies that that was enough power, so it needs, I don't know what it needs, it, just anything else. So it's very legalistic. To be spiritually mature, this is what it says, to be spiritually mature, you have to earn it and prove it. It's always rooted in pride. See, pride, pride is really hard to see when you have the religious spirit. If you have, listen, if you have one toenail that partners with the religious spirit in any way, you have pride. I'm sorry, I know it. I don't know how that makes you feel. I like what Cece said. Now, Cece's probably the least prideful person I've ever met. And I've met a lot of prideful people. So um, whenever she heard that word last week, remember what she said? She said she just got on her face. You know, 
Uh, Calandra and I had a sozo one time, and she had never done this before. And she just, we have had tons of sozos. And she just, right there in the room, she just got down on her face in front of me. And she said, I just got to be on my face. And she just, I don't know what she was doing down there. I don't know what Cece was doing down there. But I do. I'm just being silly. But it's that posture. And if you've got one toenail of the religious spirit, the only way is to get on your face. You just got to get on your face. And you have to ask the Holy Spirit that specific question. Show me if there's any pride in me. Show me. Because you know why? The enemy will trip you up there. You know what? You know what happens is that he takes that pride and he puts it over on her and he judges her for her childlike ability. That's what it does. The, The pride says, I need to understand it myself. And I can handle it myself. It loves the independent island. It lives there. It made it. It made independent island. It formed it. It always resists and is rebellious against any type of authority. Always finds something wrong with authority. Don't say it right. Don't do it just right. Always. Listen, if you... I'm going to give you permission... If you are in here and you know anybody that has a toenail of the religious spirit, before we leave tonight, go to them and say, I want to help you. Uh, Any of these spirits I'm going to list, I want to help you tonight, bud, girl, human, being. (laughs) You partner with the religious spirit all the time. Help them. The Bible said we could. You don't have to be mean about it. But help them. And then if someone comes to you and says that, go get on your face. Go home, get in your closet, get on your face, ask the Holy Spirit to show you. Because while we're all, I'm telling you, while we're on the party boat this month, you're going to be sitting over there and you're going to know. Resistant to authority because you've decided you can't trust God. All authority is given by God. I know that messes y'all up. But nobody's in authority anywhere that God didn't give it to them. Even the messed up ones that you don't like. God's doing something else. You just don't know. You can't see it. Bless you. Uncomfortable with intimacy with God or man. Now listen, if you have the religious spirit, you probably have had some weird, warped way of seeing intimacy. Unfortunately, especially if you're married and you have the religious spirit, then your wife is totally whacked out in your mind. Just telling you guys, I'll help you. They just, they are. They're just so wacky in your mind because you can't see it because you're blinded by the religious spirit. And so it's really important. If you're a woman and you're under the religious spirit, it's, it's, you're just too prim and proper. You're too controlling. And you're afraid. It all comes from fear. All control comes from fear. I can't trust God. So God's not in authority here, so I've got to make sure. Um, We're uncomfortable with intimacy, and we hate that childlike praise and worship because we judge it as immature. Listen, this is just how the religious spirit operates. So if you've ever looked over at somebody and you're like, I don't know if if that's real. That's the religious spirit. That's how it manifests. Listen, if you're a worshiper, be David. Dance with your underwear. It just does not matter. Not literally, but anyway. 
Um, they always are accusing because they don't think God will defend them. They have to be their own defender and protector. They have fear of man. They're extremely people-pleasing. They fear everything that man can do to them, whether it be firearm or, you know, ruin their reputation on Instagram. I don't know. Something. Whatever. Um, sorry, Siri's trying to play some music now. Um because we have the fear of man because we just really think God is not the meat provider. That's really it. And we have tons of unbelief. If, because it doesn't make sense to us, we've checked off that that's not true. That's why if you're on your face and you say, oh, I hate this unbelief, help my unbelief, he'll help your unbelief. If you act like, well, I've got to, this has all got to look a certain way. Like, I don't even know if God would operate this. Well, I don't know. No, 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 no. We have all that. That's a religious spirit. Listen, it's a spirit. Listen, it's a spirit. If you speak directly to the spirit and you tell it to go, it has to go if you have authority over it. What would the religious spirit sound like if you were having a conversation with it through people? See, these spirits get on people and their language will tell you what spirit they're operating in. What does it sound like? Anybody ever talk to anyone that had the religious spirit? What's it sound like? Doubt. I'm all good. I'm good. I don't need any help. Yeah. 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 What else? Yep. Got the scripture quoter. No intimacy. Right? So we obviously can recognize Now, the cousin to the um, religious spirit is the orphan and victim spirit. They run together in a nice little pack. I have never seen anybody with a religious spirit that did not have the victim spirit. So, and, and it's a spirit. Are you with me that it's a spirit? So it attaches together. Right, Phil? Phil used to have both of these. And so it attaches together. And one of the things, the number one thing of the victim spirit is it's extremely stingy. Right? Loves them food stamps. Right? Loves, can't work, can't do this. Right? Stingy, stingy, stingy. Right? And it has the actual love of mammon and fear of money. Same time. What is mammon? It's the love of money. It also has the fear of money. Because the, the victim spirit is saying what? Nobody's going to take care of me. So I'm freaked out about money. Like obsessed, freaked out. Can't, that's why they, they can't understand whether they're a workaholic or whether they're lazy. They don't even know which one it is. Because they're a victim. They're always talking about injustice things. Love those movements. Love those movements. That spirit loves those movements. And they always create those triangles. They're like gathering. Come on. Come on, everybody. Come on, because I'm the victim. I got to go find them a bad guy. And they'll run over to a family member and they'll find them a bad guy. They'll come find a boss. They'll find a, a, a movement that's against them. They'll find something. And they'll be like, they're the bad guy. And then they'll... Recruit a rescuer. And how many have been? (laughs) And there's no, it never gets satisfied because as soon as you think you're getting a little truth in there, they're the victim of something else over here. Right? 
Have you ever been speed? Have you ever heard of someone, not me, have you ever heard of someone speeding and they get a ticket and they blame the cop? <laughs> Anybody? That's part of it. They have no personal ownership. Yeah. Now, here's the greatest thing about this spirit that I love so much. They won't make a decision, but they'll come to you for advice. They won't agree with what you're saying at all. And when it doesn't turn out, they'll blame you for giving you that advice. Easy. I'm pretty sure Cheryl's about to levitate. <laughs> That's a spirit. Now, here's what I say to that spirit when someone calls me and I'm like, hey, you don't even, you have no, I have said this to more people in this room, you do not know how to own your decisions. And when they're operating in the spirit, they don't even know what I'm saying. They're like, what do you, what do you mean ownership? <laughs> Literally, this spirit will say, what do you mean ownership? I'm like, how do you not know what ownership of a decision is? Like you either want to do it or you don't. It's either a yes or a no. It's not a hard concept. But this spirit makes it so muckety muck. Because they're, they're doing this. Well, if I do it, then what will happen? Like they run it so far down the road. That's that spirit. It does it. It runs it so far down the road with some random something. And then they want to force you to tell them whether it'd be good for them. Don't do it. Don't play. Come on, tell me you're not going to play. I'm just, I'm, I'm just identifying these right now. I'm not telling you how to get rid of them. Um, they have to have extreme self-protection. And it's really weird, too, where one place they will require this self-protection and you'll be in there. You rescuers, here y'all come. You got your fire, fire hats on, you got all your equipment and you come in, slide into the rescue and they'll be like, oh, I don't need that, I need this over here. And you'll be like, whoa, I thought we were rescuing over here. And they'll be like, no, there's a bigger problem now over here. That's that spirit, it just keeps changing from one self-protection thing to the next self-protection thing because what, it's really, remember it's connected to the religious spirit, so what's it afraid of? Intimacy. Vulnerability. It actually says to people about vulnerability that if you're vulnerable, what does it say? You'll be rejected. People won't like you. Right? Victim. Nobody's going to like me. I think it's a country song, really, is what I think it is. Again, they have lack of personal ownership. They always want somebody else to make the decision so they don't have to be responsible for the consequences, right? right. Now, the next spirit is the Jezebel spirit. It's one of my very favorites. <laughs> I have encountered the Jezebel spirit in ministry more than any other spirit. It's really, 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 really deceptive. It always comes against the prophetic. If you want to tip your toe into the prophetic, you're going to encounter the Jezebel spirit. If you're a guy, it's going to be really seductive. So beware. If you're a woman, it's going to be a savior. It's going to come in the form of a savior. Now, um, I've got a, a, a really fun list. If someone has a Jezebel spirit, they have to be right. 
It's a literal spirit that actually feeds them information that, that actually sounds right. But they have this incessant need, like they can't, like if you just said to them, like, hey, you know, Andy's has got this new flavor. No, they don't. Like, why do you even care? Like, it's about stuff, you know. They love trivia because they gather this information because they're trying to come against anything where they could be right. Does that make sense? Have you ever met anyway? Manipulates people. Wants conversations to go their way. That's how. Trying to buy me. Trying to buy a vote. I mean, I, listen, that's the political spirit too. All of that is going on at large in the world, okay? Constant state of confusion and doubt, no peace. Counterfeits the prophetic. Now, this is, you know, one of the things that I, I want you to understand that when you are partnering up with the Holy Spirit, you do not need to be concerned that you're a false prophet. Because he's training you. You're probably going to kind of miss it every now and then. That doesn't make you a false prophet. It's the heart of the person, the motive. Remember, Jesus demonstrated he supernaturally understood their motive. What's the motive of the Jezebel spirit? To look like somebody. The great example is the Bible is, um, I started to say Queen Esther, um, Queen Jezebel. (laughs) For a second there, I couldn't think of her name. But... Remember, she was only in power because she was married to the power. And the power was an Ahab spirit. What is an Ahab spirit? It's a passive spirit. And it allows something that's not happening in our room right now. So, you know, don't be looking around. You know, it's it takes a lot to get that in the works. It takes years and years of that being in development. You would know it if that was happening. So our goal right now is just to be under, be able to understand. See, there's guys on the Internet that spend their whole time trying to prove these false things. And it's you don't, don't watch them. You don't need to do it. It's not even a thing, okay? And the Holy Spirit's not worried about that. But... That's why it's a counterfeit, and you can see it really quick. Are y'all good? Can't be overly focused on supernatural to draw attention to themselves. Cannot properly discern the spirit. Now listen, it's really crazy with the Jezebel spirit. They will tell you all the time the Holy Spirit told them stuff. And if you can't discern the motive, then you will give them counsel based on what they tell you the Holy Spirit said. You've got to be really careful. Um, has problems with sexual temptations or sins, degrades or mocks holiness, uh, can carry a spirit of uncle- an unclean spirit, <clears throat> excuse me, feels the right to judge. It's really important. Prone to jealousy, wants to teach and instruct others to reproduce himself, very ambitious, self promoting. Um, they often, I already said, they have a passive spouse. Now, the effects of the prophetic with the Jezebel spirit is that you have feelings of being accused or threatened specifically in regards to your identity. You know, that's been the greatest attack for me personally is about 
my identity. I've been accused of everything that you can think of. Everything that's going on in the world, I've been accused of that. So that's why you have to have a known identity. Do you understand how secure that has to be? You can't be vacillating. You can't let the spirit of misidentity misdiagnose you because the enemy will take you out. Uh, panic attacks or anxiety. You have this feeling of being trapped. You know, it's really hard like we, this spirit can operate in a marriage so easily because that's what I said at the beginning. You need to just go to your spouse and say, hey, I'm not feeling unified. How are you feeling? Would y'all, will y'all do that? And, and be able to actually address something. There may, you may be actually having these things, but it may not actually be the Jezebel spirit. So you've got to know the difference. Again, discernment. Um, <clears throat> once you're attacked by this spirit, you'll have this desire to run to give up, to quit, to call it. Yeah. I'm always thinking, what are we calling it to? Where are we? <laughs> if you're going to call it, where, what, where are you going? What's your trajectory, right? Yeah. That's the spirit. If you ever feel the need to give up, that's the spirit. Um, depression, fatigue, weariness, confusion, doubt, um, a lot of sickness. I've seen a lot of people... Um, that partner from as an Ahab with the Jezebel spirit, and they have a lot of sickness. Um, they desire to isolate themselves and people. Um, they have a lot of demonic dreams, and they have a lot of feelings of control. Like, you know, whenever, whenever that we have fear, fear always um, causes us to control something. And depending on how weak the people are that you're in relationship with. So like if you have children, it's easy to control them. They're weak. But once you get married, you know, and, and control can look two ways. It can look passive and it can look aggressive. And so whenever we do passive things out of control, it's a spirit. It's something we're partnering with. The same thing if we're doing it reversely. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the last one we'll talk about tonight is the Leviathan spirit. Um, now, this is, the Leviathan is talked about in Scripture a lot. One of the things that it's likened to is kind of like a sea creature, like a huge, like crocodile. You know, a crocodile has no ability to like, um, you know, chomp you up, but it, it just grabs hold of you and then twists. And so have you ever had that feeling that, you're talking to somebody and it just feels really confusing. Like it feels like, well, you're you're actually twisting my words. Like I see it all the time on the news. Um, if I'll ever watch something like like two people talking and I can tell if someone has the Leviathan spirit because somebody will say like, you know, I live on on the north side of town. They'll be like, well, really? It's not the north side of town. I mean, like, because, you know, there's something else that's more north, you know, and you're just like, like we weren't really talking about how far north like it you know it just gets in there do you see you know what i'm saying and it just twists um it it really is trying to choke out the holy spirit's voice in your life in some way now if you have an unhealthy soul tie especially if you've had any sort of sexual addiction or unhealthy soul ties or unhealthy fears about you know sexual stuff or whatever 
you've probably encountered the Leviathan spirit because especially if you've been in an unhealthy relationship, you try to get out that soul tie sexually will connect you and it'll, it'll just twist up your emotions. You'll feel like you don't know, you know, which end is up, you know, and, and that all those soul ties can be broken. So just saying, um, one of the things is when you're pursuing spiritual nourishment, you can't stay awake. You know, um, it's it just comes against any sort of growth in the spiritual way. Um, just like the religious spirit, the root of it is pride because it is, again, trying to choke out this power of the Holy Spirit. Um, it has an unusual anger. You just be sitting around and all of a sudden you're just, ticked off at somebody for nothing, like nothing even happened. Um, it, you can have really hostile thoughts, like you want to just do some random, that's a spirit. Listen, God didn't give us the spirit of, I just need to explode right now. I mean, we're in the Word to say that, in right now, you're just going to explode. All those excessive anger, those are all spirits. Okay. Um, you'll have headaches, recurring headaches, and weirdly you have insomnia because you can't sleep. So you, you know, if you can't sleep, what do we usually do? We usually have to take something to make us sleep. And then we have a, you know, repercussion of that. Um, you're impatient, um, and sometimes clumsy, like, um, you know, because the spirit is sort of attacking your mind, and so then you kind of lose track of how you're managing something. So when that spirit is in operation, it is total checkout of life. And so, you know, I'm going to help you all learn how to break some of these here in a minute. Actually, let's don't. Let's just go home with this knowledge and... <laughs> that made me laugh a little... Its purpose, the Leviathan spirit, is to squeeze the life of Christ out of us. Now, listen, you've got to have a baseline. Jesus said, I've come to give you life, not a crappy life. Listen, you've got to raise the bar of what Jesus said your life could look like. I came to give you life and life and more, more abundantly. So if these spirits are in operation, it is shutting down the move that God really has come to give to you. All right, with any sort of fear or anything. Anyway, it's, it's trying to squeeze the life out. It's always attached to the religious spirit or the Jezebel spirit. Don't you like, I mean, they have to have partners because they ain't got no power. That's why they got to partner up. A Holy Spirit, we just need one. Holy Spirit, we just need one. They got to all clump together, right? See, that's why they want to break us apart, right? Because they know... That one can put a thousand to flight. Okay, a thousand of these Leviathan spirits, one Christian, one power-believing Christian can take a thousand Jezebel spirits and say, boot. But God math, I just combine with bro, and we can do 10,000. So does that tell you the supernatural math of unification, right? Of being unified, right? Right? Um, the, um, it says it usually is attached to the religious and Jezebel spirit, but it goes further than just resisting the Holy Spirit. 
or controlling it, it tries to kill it. How can the Holy Spirit be killed in your life? Through unbelief. Because everything in the supernatural is about what you believe. Right? So that's its attempt. Um, It's also a principality, not just a little low-level demon. Um, And it's almost always a generational spirit. So just think back to your childhood a minute and look at your dad for a minute. What did your dad model? So let's just say that you believe you're an intercessor, right? So was your dad on his face? Was your dad praying in tongues? Was your dad demonstrating power? Was your dad taking it to the demonic, right? Was that what was going on? And then look at your mom. You know, was she this power-packed woman speaking faith, speaking over your life, saying, son, you're an amazing son. I'm, you're my favorite son. I just love you. I cannot tell you what, how awesome of a man you're going to be. You're going to be a perfect husband. And was she saying that? That's that nurturing, empowering. When we don't have that, my gift of intercession is still in me, right? I just have no way to know. So I kind of have this little squirt gun. At the enemy, I'm like, just like, I hope you don't hurt me. <laughs> right? Don't we? We're like, oh, I hope nothing bad happens today. <laughs> That's, I'm serious. This is how we do spiritual warfare. Oh, yeah. And the, de- the demon's like, oh, man, you're going to be just like your dad. You're going to be a loser just like your dad. You're, look, when you said that, that's like your dad. Oh. When you got mad like that, that is just like your dad. That's what your dad would do. That's the spirit. And it will strangle the living life out of you, and you will become the thing you hated because you identified with it as that spirit said that was who my identity was. That's why you have to know your identity. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter if no one told you who you are. I am telling you tonight that you have an assignment, you have giftings, you are the beloved, you are not mixed up or messed up, you're not, uh, you're not filled with demons, you're not suicidal, but you have a promise and you have power in you and God has called you to hear His voice, demonstrate His power, and do it in a community of safe people that will help you grow and be nurtured. That's just the reality of what's going on. And so that spirit just does anything to mix all that up. It says that it actually um, a lot of times affects your neck and it'll make it really stiff physically and it will, um, it'll try. Its goal is to have that stiff neck stubbornness to where nothing can move your emotions, nothing can move you towards any activity. You got to stand back and see if you believe it. And a lot of times people actually have neck problems with it. Um, and then it kind of moves on down sometimes into the shoulder area and you can kind of feel it. And then a lot of times it'll even come into your throat area, um, where the, the number one goal of it is to, uh, squash out your voice. So, you know, if you can think of that target in this area, if you're having problems in any of this area, then that's something that we're going to kind of go after here in just a minute. 
Um, so, good, right? Now, I just want to briefly mention one more, just two lines on it, the political spirit. The political spirit, a good example of it is Judas. Judas was filled with greed, but then his number one thing was that he needed to get to the highest possible authority that he could. So that's why he sold Jesus out, because he was trying to make it good with a higher authority. Now, of course, that political spirit will then turn on you, and you'll, you will want to commit suicide. That If you have had suicidal thoughts, then a lot of times it comes from this spirit where you know maybe you trusted somebody to be good to you or kind to you, and then they hurt you or abused you, and then that political spirit just flips it right around on you. That was your fault. You know, how many, you don't have to raise your hand, but think about it. How many people have been abused and something in your mind thought it was your fault? That's this spirit. That's that political spirit. It's so wily. I mean, like you can see it now and just listen to a couple of, don't, but if you, a couple of people in the, God has shown me some of the people in the political arena, which spirits they have. And man, you can just hear it so clearly, you know, what they're, mission is or whatever um and yeah i said i already agreed okay well um how, how you feeling Good. yeah so i i actually have a little handout that i'm happy to make available to anybody um but let me just tell you a couple so like for the um uh the, the Leviathan spirit also in some circles is known as the Python spirit. It's the same thing. Um, but one of the things to think about it is that um, we need to be better at exercising the muscle of repentance and forgiveness. So repentance and forgiveness is a muscle. Now, when I'm repenting, I'm actually saying, hey, I got some information tonight. And this information revealed something to me and I want to take ownership of any part that I played, even if I didn't know what it was, you know, like, and I, and I wanted the Holy Spirit to show me these open doors. And so what that would look like is you say, Holy Spirit, repentance for me is doing a 180. So I'm like facing here and I'm like, whoa, Look at all the information. Look, those two lines where Vinton stands around the wall. And whoa, this information is coming to me, and I I want to be different. So I'm going to turn and I'm going to face over here and look at that window of opportunity right there. And I'm going to completely turn away from that. And whatever I partner with the Holy Spirit right there, I say, Well, show me if I've been a victim of this or if I've partnered with this and I've done this to someone else unknowingly. See, there's no, there's no guilt in that. There's no condemnation in that. It's like, oh, wow, the Holy Spirit just came to illuminate to me. And so my repentance muscle gets exercised. Like, I just repent, man. I want to change my mind. Show me what was really going on there in that relationship. Show me what's going on at work. Show me how I can partner with you even more. And in that moment, you're no longer like, oh, my gosh, what a crappy life. I'm like, wow, I'm empowered to bring this change to somebody else. And that anything that you can think, if the Holy Spirit says you have pride, you simply say, I renounce pride. 
I am not going to be a prideful person. I am not a prideful person. Holy Spirit, you have permission with somebody to show me if I have pride. You have permission. Just give the Holy Spirit permission. And the great thing is if you would just partner with one other person. Just find somebody else and say, hey, listen, I don't know if you know me very well, but while Teresa was talking, I mean, the Holy Spirit just showed me this place that I had this weird pride. I think, Cece, the thing she said the Holy Spirit was just a place where um, she didn't let love flow out of her when she felt hurt. So she restricted love because she felt hurt. And so that was what the Holy Spirit showed her. And then the Holy Spirit took her on this amazing whole journey about you know she's had this real big injury with her son and how what her son did to her a few years ago and god just is just pouring in restoring that and and removing the harm and the pain off of her from that and that's what repentance does it opens the door to that it's not a bad thing and then um if you partner with somebody else you know, check back with them in a couple of days and say, hey, the Holy Spirit showed me something else or try to spend some time with that. Now, we're going to pursue this during the month of June. So this is not the only time that I'm going to talk about it or give you information. And I'm going to send out more information. I've got a whole handout about all these spirits and how you can pray about them, how you can renounce them, how you can identify them. And so it's really a time that we can actually... Remember, it's a whole package of partnering with the supernatural to see the secrets. Because I promise you that if you get free, you're going to see your whole life so different. You're going to see all these ways that the Holy Spirit's actually trying to tell you stuff that's coming or going on in your world so that you can partner and free other people. He's not trying to get on to you. Yes. Do you receive that? Yes. Okay, let's stand. Before Cheryl comes, I just want to pray over us. Just hold your hands out and say, Holy Spirit, I'm receiving from you right now. And I loose these spirits from having any control over me. The only Holy Ghost I want is the Holy Spirit. No, the only ghost I want is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and so I release the Holy Spirit and all of His power into my life right now. I receive it. I will be shaped by it. I'll be moved by it. And I renounce any rejection that I've had against you, Holy Spirit. And I say my heart is open to come and change me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.